Hello and welcome to Law and Order S Review here on Fanversation. We are the Law and Order SVU after show. Really, I would say one of the one of the only ones that exists at this time. Definitely covering. one of the best ones. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's my personal opinion, but it's also objective fact. Yeah, that's what we're going to say. Uh, if you've never joined us before, welcome. I'm Yael Teagle. I'm joined as always by Taylor Gates. Hello, Taylor. Hello. 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 I'm so excited for this one. I know. We have been waiting to do this episode for a long time. That's right. This is season six, episode seven, Charisma. You might be wondering, wait a second, it's 2021. Why are we talking about season six? Well, there was no new episode, so we're doing old ones. Indeed. They go on hiatus, but we don't because our grind never stops. Okay? Yes. A hundred percent. This show goes on hiatus. We refuse. Um, (laughs) I refuse to take a break. Like Stabler, I refuse to take a break. Love it. Good good one. All right. Little (laughs) tie-in. Nice. Um, If you've never joined us before, welcome. As always, we like to start our show with the RAIN hotline. If you are in a situation where you need someone to talk to, please, please reach out to RAIN. Their number is 1-800-656-4673. Taylor, what does that spell? It spells hope, you guys. It does spell hope. RAIN, R-A-I-N-N. They spell hope. 1-800-656-4673. Please do not... Do not feel like you can't talk to someone there, 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 there for you. So please reach out. Uh, this show, on the other hand, is a little bit uh, less helpful. Um, sometimes this show goes dark. And when that happens, we make light. And so we prepare you all with a content warning because you should be warned. I yes. said terrible things last time. I feel like I'll do it again this time. I don't doubt that. Thank you. Yeah. I believe in you. Also, before we jump in, I want to thank anyone who's listening to our audio version. That's right. uh, In addition to being on YouTube every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, we are available Mondays uh, the next day. This episode is available on audio format everywhere you listen to podcasts. Unplug in that just to remind you that we're there. We're everywhere, guys. No excuses. Um, Also, throughout the week, we are tweeting about SVU. I am. I literally was tweeting about it yesterday. All right. Anyway, let's get into this episode, season six, episode seven, Charisma. I know this is, Taylor, one of your favorites. It's so good in rewatching because I haven't revisited in probably like a year or so. So I forgot some of the details. And it just like, it paid off and then some. Like, it was so good. I kind of forgot all about like the, um, the talks that they have to have with Wong. And I love that aspect of it. I think the acting is so strong in this episode, not only from Mariska, but from Holliston Coleman, who's like the little girl. I think she's incredible. It's like really interesting. There's cool camera angles and shots. And I just, I think this is such a great episode all around. I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I agree. Um, so the quick cap for this episode is a career con artist, forger, and thief turns to murder and serial pedophilia to populate the cult he created and get his hands on a multi-million dollar trust fund. I will say accurate quick cap. I would accurate say also gives, gives, gives it away. Spoilers. Total right. Spoilers. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of a twist mentioned there. So 
Yeah. Um, let's start with the episode. Um, it starts with Melanie, who is the 12 year old who's pregnant for the second time. I forgot that she had been pregnant before. I completely yeah. forgot. I love how they jump right in at this episode too. Olivia's just at the hospital talking to the doctor. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like there was no like cold open, but I like to think that really worked for this episode. Like we just dove right into it. I agree. Um, I, you know what, this episode was on recently and I'd rewatched it, but I guess I've only rewatched from the moment they tackle him at the bank through the end over yeah. and over. So the whole first half, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot no, about I that. I feel that. I, I like really, really vividly remember the last scene for obvious reasons, but everything that led up to that, I was like, oh yeah, like there was all of this that happened too. And it was fun to like see how strong the whole episode is beyond just that like final gut punch. Yeah, so Melanie's pregnant in the hospital and we are asking about her parents. And so we have, she mentions her her baby daddy is this man named Abraham who happens to be her husband. Um, big shout out to Jeff Kober who played this uh, role. We... This is an iconic role. Every time I see him or hear him on anything else, I'm like, oh, it's Abraham. Yeah, he's very memorable. He's very good at that very, like, slimy. But as the episode says, charisma. Like, all cult leaders leaders have to have that quality. And I think I completely understand how he could, like, rope people into that. Because he just has that personality and those mannerisms. Yeah, absolutely. So he runs the Church of Wisdom and Sight. I don't think I ever picked up on the name of the church. Me what either. a stupid, stupid cult name. I agree. I agree. Um, okay. Look, I have thought about starting a cult many a times. And this name just tells me that I'm overthinking it. It's true. Just like go with the with the classics, you know, the basics. So silly. Um, I also, so we, the whole thing starts with this pregnant teen, teen this pregnant 12-year-old. Um, and then it like takes us on this weird, weird storyline of, of the dead kids. Um, yeah. This, I remember this scene of the SVU detective's seeing these dead children and mm-hmm. that has like stuck with me for years and I don't know that I always remember it's this episode but I the, agree. the the idea that this was so difficult for them and as Wong points out like you deal with a lot of kids cases but this one really like affected them yeah I kind of wish that later seasons would you know at least like reference it there was an episode a few seasons ago that we talked about um when we were at uh, after buzz about um it was uh, benson says that um she'd never seen a case like that before and i wanted to yeah. be like this one this is the one that we always reference is the hardest thing yeah I agree. And I, I honestly think it's one of the, the darkest moments of the show, to be quite honest. And I think well, I mentioned the directing and I think that's definitely part of it. I think the where you see the blood on like the toys and the clothes, like that is dark. And that was ver- that's a very disturbing image, even though obviously we know it's fake. It's really disturbing. And I think that it does a really good job of focusing on that. So we understand why this one affected them so much more than the other ones, like those little details and it's a very traumatic thing to to have to deal with and to to look at and and so I really liked that choice of like 
us seeing just that juxtaposition of like this violence and like the childhood innocence. Um, I totally agree. Daryl points out, thank you, Daryl, in the chat. Um, I feel like it's worse because they saw them alive and then they were killed while they were outside, which is such a good point. Um, yeah. Because Benson like, you know, tried to say something and then they like shut the door and everyone was slaughtered. Yeah. Um, and they hear it. Ooh, it's just, yeah, I agree. That detail was really. Yeah. Um, Oh, I think we lost you for a sec, but you're back. So um, I, later we find out that the 20-year-old who was, or the possibly 20-year-old, the oldest looking woman in this uh, household is the one who did the actual shooting. And she is the mother of one of the children. I think that is something that should have been like addressed more or dealt with more. The fact that she had to shoot her own child in addition yeah. to all the other children and herself. Um, mm -hmm. But that takes us to Dr. Wong's evaluation. Um, I do love when we see the way that each of them deal with it and the reactions. And I love when we do that. It reminds me of season one at the end of the season when we had to get everyone evaluated, which ended up with Jeffrey's having to leave. But like, I like when we get to see that because this is a tough job and they are a special unit that has to deal with these kinds of things. So I appreciate seeing that. Um, and seeing the variety of ways that you can react. And Wong saying to Benson, like, however, whatever you're feeling is is right. Like, that is that is correct. Yeah, I, I agree. I love that, too. And that's why I think that this will, like, almost be a really good first episode to watch. Because that, each of those scenes with Wong, like, gives us such a clear picture of who these people are kind of at their core. And, like, when it's the hardest, like, sort of time of their lives, like, how do they deal with that? How do they react? And I think it's so telling of each of their characters. And I love the sort of fallout from that, of who they decide to keep on and who they decide, you know what, no. And and who chooses to even like take some time off. I, I really loved that too, with, like the aftermath of, because it's not who you think it's going to be really. It's like who you think is like the quote unquote people being weak are the ones that like, okay, you're actually like letting this soak in and like having a reaction that's like appropriate to this. And so that's why you're almost mature enough to be on it. I totally agree. I, I never thought about this as the, as an entry episode. And now I really feel like it should be. Yeah. Oh man. I, that's I'll I'll let anyone who's watching us live uh, in the chat. What is the episode? <laughs> Taking this in a different direction. What is the episode that you recommend when you tell people this is a good entry episode because I didn't think about it. And you're totally right. We see, you know, we see Stabler being like, I don't show emotions. Uh, we see Munch being Munch. Uh, we see Benson crying and we see Finn realizing that he needs to take a step back, which I think is incredible. Um, so you're right. This is a perfect entry episode. And beyond that, there's so much like emotional, like poignance to it, but it's also like, a crazy weird insane plot line with so many twists it's like quintessential SVU in every way I feel like yeah I totally agree um it's interesting now because Finn um in current episodes in season 22 is always like you know I don't take this stuff home it's just a job blah 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 um, and so to see him so early on being like, I need to take time off and think about it is really good. Um, I mean, I think Daryl points it out as well. Uh, 
they, even though we know, even now we know Finn is one who can totally, who can switch off totally. Olivia accepts the need to deal with the jobs that arise. I think that's wonderful. Um, yeah, so good. Yeah. Um, Sarah says, yes. And now years later, watching those reactions, knowing where all, at least most of these characters end up. Yes. Agreed. Totally. Ugh. This is, this is a really great episode. I love that it's one of your favorites and that we got yeah, to talk really about it. Is. Um, so Dr. Wong, whom I miss, I miss him so Me much. Me too. He's so great. We've been like seeing him a lot in these older episodes that like we're watching. And every time I pops up, I'm just like, yes, like I love this guy. He was there for so long that it feels like we needed him to stay forever. Like I, if he, he should have been there forever and I'm really bummed that he's not, but he ends up benching Stabler um, which I, I really like, um, because I feel like this was a nice episode to see Olivia deal with it, especially when we get to the, um, showdown between her and Abraham. But, um, I, I do think it makes sense that Stabler was benched. He, he doesn't show his emotion. He does let it bottle up and then he explodes, which is literally his whole storyline. Um, yeah. But then also, like, he has kids. So, like, this does affect him so much more. And we have seen every time that there's something to do with something that might relate to his daughters. I literally was watching season one, episode three, or just look like one where he was worried about his daughter being anorexic. So, like, he really does take this stuff home. Yeah. Um, all right. So, we will. Yeah, that's his. No, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. I think there's a little bit of a lie between us. But I love that. It's kind of like almost a running joke now where like every time Sailor mentions kids, like take a shot, like, oh, he's bringing up his kids again. Like, I feel like that's just like a fandom like trope that we always like love to make fun of almost. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Let's talk about the history of Abraham and who we learn him to be. So his name is Eugene. Um, I understand the need to change it. Uh, No offense to anyone named Eugene. (laughs) But like, isn't that? It, Go ahead. I agree. It's not the most. It's not the most like cult leadery name. And Abraham makes a lot of sense with like the Old Testament and all of that. I think it. I think it was a good choice for you. <laughs> um, the question I have is: Isn't Eugene the name of Flynn? Flynn Rider from Tangled wasn't his name also Eugene? Did you see Tangled? Yes. I think so. Very, very, a lot of similarities, clearly, between that. <laughs> yes. Tangled and SVU crossover. Like, uh, same thing. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> anyway, um, so he worked at the church, um, and then when he left, he took 10 families with him, which brings us to the Buckman family. Um, and they were like, yeah, and then we started collecting weapons, um, and he split the the couple's um, because, and I loved this quote, because soldiers of God can't be a slave to the flesh. That um, feels very biblical um, yeah. in argument. I agree. There's also like, there was some Nexium undertones to this. I really felt like the whole sleeping like in the same bed or sleeping on the floor. I was like, ooh, they, they like nailed cults in this episode. Like they really got it right, I feel like. Oh, I cannot wait to tell you what this, the headlines that this is ripped from. Um, I'm so ready. So, uh, yes. So then 
Hold on, I'm trying to scroll up in my notes. Stupid computer. Um, all right, so the, this family ends up leaving the cult because they catch him in bed with their daughter, and that's the that's where they draw the line. Now, I appreciate that that's where they draw the line, but the collecting of guns was not where they drew the line. Right, like there was some red flags. Like I get brainwashing, but some red flags. But the, I thought that scene was like <laughs> the one moment I was like, "What was that?" Daughter was like old enough to like know things, and they're like, "Okay, honey, go do your homework." As she's like making food, and she's just like, "Okay, bye bye." And I'm like, "There's no way she would not be like, what's going on? Like, what's the tea here?" Like, I just don't believe that she would just peace out. Like, I, I- feel like she would want to be more involved. I agree. I also think that this family uh, specifically, I was like, there's got to be more to this. Why did we bring in this family? And then that that's it. They were just there to give us this info, which felt, yeah. it felt like not enough. They seem so well adjusted for what they've been through. Right. Like, okay, I mean, good for you guys, but like, I don't buy it. Yeah. So then there's a phone call and we find out that it's Melanie's mom who's going under the name Sarah. Um, and we find all the women and they're all married to Abraham. I do appreciate um, the moment where Wong is like, they don't know where he is. That's why they're so like scared. I do like that. And I wish there was more of Wong in this episode being like, oh, well, this is a cult. Like when cults do this, it's because they need their people to do that or people behave this way. Yeah. I just wanted more. I always want more Wong. So I wanted more. Me too. Me too. Um, I loved Olivia losing her mind with Sarah in the interrogation. No, it was your will. <laughs> so it's so good. Yeah, I agree. We got so much of Olivia's range in this episode, which I love. Like she's crying and that she's so good in that scene. And then the interrogation where she kind of flips her shit. And then of course the end, like we, she, it's just such a good episode for her. Cause she like went through all these phases of how she was dealing with everything. Totally, a hundred percent. Like the the crying was so, um, like like cleverly done in a in a great way because it wasn't like sobbing uncontrollable. Yeah. It was like I need to hold myself together, but I can't. Totally agree. It it really comes across that way, and the 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 blowing up at Sarah was such a nice build to that mm-hmm. moment. Um, so which will take us to the next interaction um, before even um, before they even get to the warehouse. Uh, Sarah points out her vein popped out of her forehead. You might as well have killed him yourself. Yeah. Yes. 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 It's such a good line. It's such a, Oh, it's so good. It's perfect. Um, uh, yeah. Zach says Olivia let Sarah have it in the interrogation. Totally. Um, and she was right for that. So, as she should. Yeah. Um, so Melanie is removed from the hospital. Um, and we then find out from her roomie that her dad took her, which I could have sworn at the beginning of the episode, the girl needed to literally stay in bed until she gave birth. So the fact yeah. that they would allow her father to take her seemed like medical malpractice. <laughs> Yeah, we need the nurse from like the most current season that we love. We need sassy nurse here. He would never let that shit fly. That's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Um, also, I look, I I don't have 22 seasons of medical school. I have 22 seasons of SVU and law. Right. So I'm no doctor, but I could have sworn anyway. The, 
there should be a lawsuit. Agreed. Did she, did she get back to the hospital? Was the baby born? Like, I have questions about what happened. Oh, yeah, after me too. This. I, I agree. We need a sequel. <laughs> anyway, so it turns out that this is all over bank accounts and money. Shocker. Um, we have an inside man, Reggie. Um, I totally thought when I first started this, I was like, right, the inside man is the guy who blows it in the train station. And I'm thinking of a completely different episode. That's I'm all right. I'm thinking of the Lou Diamond Phillips episode where he takes the kids and the guy's yes. like freaking out. Yes. I but here's the thing. Like I laugh at them, but I feel like I would probably be the same way. Like I'd be so nervous. I don't think I could I would do well in that situation. So, like as much as I would drag them for that, like and that would probably be me if it came down to it. <laughs> at, at least we know. We know where we stand on these. Yeah. Um, don't don't trust me. Put yell in there. Let me just watch it on the monitor in the back. <laughs> I'd like to believe that I could do it, but probably not. <laughs> so that would be bad. Reggie blows it. We have Olivia tackling uh, Abraham, which I love that moment because um, he really thought he was about to get away with everything. Gonna, yeah. Yep. Um. You're not alone, Daryl says. I would definitely botch any SV style stings. Daryl, same. It would, yeah, it would not be good. <laughs> um, so then we have the Benson versus Abraham interrogation. This is, I think, I think one of the most underrated parts of the episode because yeah. there is a perfect balance of intensity and creepiness, and like you think at one moment that he may have gotten under Olivia's skin. And she mm-hmm. is not like you, you're worried for her, but she's not at all like affected by him. And I love when she says to him how pathetic he is. You actually believe your own hype. You conned yes. yourself. I wrote that quote down too. It's so good. Cause it's such a jab. Like, Ooh, that was such a good, a good face to face matchup. Yeah. I honestly, I forgot completely forgot about that scene and it's so good. Um, but there's no evidence against him, which is very interesting. Um, and then we find out about the Mr. John Kramer. I let me just tell you, I absolutely forgot this part. I was like, what? I was like, I was at one point thinking that Abraham like was him and then changed his name and I was like, I don't remember. It wasn't until they like found the skeleton where I was like oh yeah like everything is cooking but I was like I don't remember this part at all I this is one of the parts that like has stuck in my mind for years because Mm -hmm. it reminds me of so many other episodes where they're like yeah this person went missing and they're always buried in the wall they are yeah there's one or someone's buried like in a pool right but that was like a judge the judge episode I think or something like buried underneath the pool. I like distinctly remember that. It's so disturbing because they've been there for so many years and no one has known. Yeah. So apparently the money is in Melanie's trust fund and that she can have it when she turns 21 or has a baby, whichever comes first. Which is that a thing? Is that a stipulation that like happens? So that's a great question. I, I think usually what happens is that like you can put a trust fund to like a a year and then or an age and then like a life event such as marriage or a baby i think that like it seems odd to me that it would be 21 or a baby whichever came first because i don't feel like 
a baby should be coming first. I agree. Yeah, I thought I just thought that was like a weird stipulation. I was like, maybe that happens. I've heard of the marriage thing. I think, but having a baby, I'm like, if they're twelve, like maybe, right? Maybe rethink that. Maybe look into that a little more because it feels like an awfully big coincidence. <laughs> like, yeah, it feels like I, I'm. I'm assuming the idea is like if this person is now a, a parent and has to raise this child, they need the money. Yeah. And I, I understand that. I just feel like you shouldn't, that shouldn't be. That, no. Cause that seems like the kind of thing you can do. Like if she was 15 and a rebellious teenager and was like, right. I want my money, she can go get pregnant. Right, that's true too. I didn't think of that. Yeah, that feels maybe don't put that in the in the clause of things, guys. Just a little heads up. <laughs> it just feels irresponsible. Anyway, so <laughs> we X-ray the wall. We find the body. Um, John Kramer did not leave his family. Shocker! Abraham lied. And then we get to the showdown that we all know and love in the warehouse. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I, I remember the last time I saw it, like I said, I've only like caught the end of this episode a million times recently. And so I remember the end and I was like, who is this cop that gets shot and what is he doing there? So rewatching it, seeing that he's there from the first time they go to the house where they find the children, he's the one who comes in and comes out and is like, they're all dead. And then the reason we're stuck with him is because Finn left and Stabler got benched. So like, that's why this, I was like, oh yeah. That's why he's, he's just, there. He's just chilling. He's just trying to do his job, man. Like, he didn't deserve that. And he never comes back. He he's like, I'm out. If this is what this job is, I'm not here for it. I signed up to be a cop, not to get shot. <laughs> um. Anyway, so then we have really the greatest lines of the episode uh, at the end. So let's jump to best lines. Start yes. there. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, I have so many. Well, because you know, you can start. I'll start with what Abraham says. He says, They know that I'm greater than them, that I'm greater than God, and they are afraid of what I can do. And then she shoots him because it was a lie. Taylor, what was a lie? It's that he's greater than God. Nobody is. Duh. Duh. <laughs> The setup of that scene is so amazing, though, because it's like Olivia has the gun and Melanie has the gun and he's over here and Olivia's toggling between and she's toggling between. It's just like, oh, it's so perfectly composed. Like, it's such a, oh, it's so amazing. Like, the triangle of everyone turning at each other and trying to convince her. And it's crazy. I love it so much. Yeah, I don't like Olivia having the gun on on Melanie, because uh, as as Abraham says, like, are you going to shoot a pregnant 12-year-old? Like, that's a fair question. Are you? Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think that she was ever actually truly considering it, but yeah. It was just ooh, so much back and forth. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite lines from this episode? I've got so many. First of all, not a line, a look, serving mm. looks. Warner's ponytail was such a good look for her. I was obsessed with it. Just wanted to throw that out there. Because I was like, wear your hair like that, Warner. It looks so good on you. Um, 
and the guy accompanying all of the guns saying you have they all have their own little Waco down here. I was like, that was really like not politically correct, but it was kind of a kind of a funny line, I thought. Um when we were talking about Reggie blowing it, Munch saying Reggie sucks at this. I thought it was so funny. He was just so bullying. Reggie sucks at this. Like, get him out of here. Um, and then I finally loved, I think it wasn't when Olivia was talking to Sarah and the um, lawyer, her lawyer was like, you're accusing my client of murder? No, just of being stupid. <laughs> yeah. That one. So that one's amazing. a good one. I mean, so mean, but so good. It's so true. I mean, she was kind. He was charismatic up until it's that true. Age. But I just love Olivia hating her because she's like, you really put this man ahead of all of your kids. Like, yeah. that's going to be drawn. Um, I totally agree. Uh, so this episode was, in fact, ripped from the headlines. Uh, so, yes, they did make a, a Waco reference, which I think is a fair connection. Um, there also are some Jim Jones references um, and the Jonestown um, deaths. Um, but this is specifically, so this episode aired November 2004, and it specifically um, was referencing something that happened in March 2004. Mm. Um, so it very much ripped from the headline of a man named Marcus Wesson. Um, so he was convicted of nine counts of first degree murder and 14 sex crimes, including the rape and molestation of his underage daughters. His victims were his own children fathered by incestuous relationships with his daughters and nieces, as well as the children by his wife. Um, and he was described as the worst mass murder in Fresno, California. Um, so he, oh, stupid mouse, hold on. Um, he uh, raised his family um, in a way, I got to where is this article? Um, in a way that I think is very similar to the way that Abraham um, was mm. teaching his truth. Um, so his children uh, were homeschooled and taught, up, uh, taught by his, ho- his own handwritten Bible that focused on Jesus Christ being a vampire. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> that that knocked me somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um, he told his children that God, um, that he was God and had them refer to him as master and Lord. He taught his children to prepare for an Armageddon and said that the girls were destined to become his future wives. They were not allowed to talk to their male siblings or their mother. Um both the male and female children were physically abused. He sexually abused two daughters and three nieces. Um, and each of them became pregnant uh, as a result. Okay, but yeah. how does the vampire thing fit into that? Well, so... Uh, th- I, what? So, okay, a couple of things. First of all, Please. it reminds me of, in this episode, how Eugene was claiming that the serpent... Um, wasn't Satan, yeah, and that it was um, God or Jesus, whatever. Um, but interestingly, this vampire thing, um, if you've seen, I believe it was Dracula 2000, there is like a whole mythology about Judas being the first vampire and becoming Dracula, <laughs> something like that. So, like, there is crossover between. 
Bible and vampires. So it's not like super unheard of. That's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. But um, I'm so glad I know that now. <laughs> I'm so honored that I could teach you about that. Thank um, you so much. Yes. Uh, oh, I forgot to do it. Yeah, this is the rep from the headlines. I forgot to mention it. <laughs> there it is. Now you're all caught up. Okay. Um, in addition to ripped from the headlines news, um, I do have SVU show news. So get ready. Um, not only do we know that there will be a crossover with Law and Order Organized Crime bringing us back Stabler. Um, this has a date. It will be happening on... April 1st. To be fair, I do not believe anything that's supposed to happen on April 1st, but this is supposed to be happening on April 1st. That's so funny because I distinctly remember the news of Stabler's return happening on like March 31st last year. And everyone's like, this is a prank. This is a prank. And then it turned out to be true. So that's so funny. That's like exactly a year later. Um, yes, not surprised. Um, that it. said... Production has been paused due to a COVID. Um, I guess they discovered somebody with it. So production has been paused, um, but it is it is allegedly still happening. Um, also, there is some casting news. Um, let me share screen with you all and show you um, that Deadline announced... Um, Tamara Taylor is joining and is the lead opposite Chris Maloney and Dylan McDermott, who was previously announced. I don't think we announced on the show, but previously announced. Um, So that would be our team so far as three people that we know of. Um, Very exciting. I'm I'm excited about that. So that is the, I guess, the SVU show news is about organized crime. Here's what I'm going to say. The crossover is going to be a two-hour, it's SVU and then um, organized crime, the way that they used to do with Mothership and SVU, where it's two episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, We will be watching both um, for that episode after show. Um, Whether we will continue watching organized crime is yet to be seen. I don't want to, I don't want to lock us into it. We won't make any promises, but we will consider it. (laughs) Yes. Um, And let us know if you even want. (laughs) Yeah. Let us know also what you think. I mean, we have a, we have a month, so we've got time, but like, I just, this is the SVU, uh, S review. So I don't want to make promises about organized crime. I think that's fair. I agree. Um, awesome. That's the um, actual SVU news and the Rip from the Headlines segment. We always do a weekly poll here, here on the show. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble talking today. It's all right. It's all right. This 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 episode messed everyone up in a lot of ways. Like I think reading about the actual story it's based on messed me up. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, so, uh, we do a weekly poll here every week. Last week, what was our poll, Taylor? Our poll last week was your favorite Mean Girl episode. And let's announce, I'll announce, uh, the winners and fourth placers. 
Uh, fourth place, we have Lost Traveler, which is very exciting to me because it's a great episode. Um, but these all were great episodes, so I can't be too mad. But Lost Traveler um, got 11.8% of the vote. In third place, we had Glasgow Man's Wrath. Uh, that got 17.6% of the vote. Second place, we have Mean, um, which got 29.4% of the vote. And in first place was the one we discussed last week, which was Hot House with 41.2% of the vote. Wow. I think that's fair. Hot House and the Mean being first and second feels organic and right to me. Um, and then this week, we're asking you guys your favorite teen pregnancy episode. And let me just say, Yale and I had like six or seven, and we had to narrow it down. So feel free to comment if yours is not one of these choices. But all of these four are so good <laughs> that it's going to be hard to choose anyway, as is. Um, we, of course, have Charisma, which we just talked about. We have Babes, which is one of my favorite episodes of all time. Um, we have Savior, which is season 11, 11 episode 14. And we have Patrimonial Burden, which is season 17, episode 7. Currently, the ranking is Babes in first place, Charisma and Patrimonial Burden in second, and Savior in third. We'll see how that changes from now to next week. But there's like no losing. These are all such good episodes. That's true. Um, I forced us to put Savior on there because it, I think it's such an underrated episode. It is. Um, because also, like, so that's the one with Misha Barton. I'm going to make a case for this, even though I didn't vote for it. Um, that is, that's the episode with Misha Barton. This was one of her like big roles after doing the OC. So mm -hmm. like she was literally at the top of her game and then did an episode of SVU. And I think that that's a big, um, a big moment and something very special. And I think also it's underappreciated and she was so good. And then it's a great episode and I yeah, haven't watched good. it in years and everyone should go watch it. Let's see. What did, which one did you vote for? Um, I voted for, um, I think, Patrimonial Burden. I think okay. I voted for that one. That's fair. My, I say, and this is really hard, and I made the poll, so I can't vote, so I'm off the hook. But I would say, depending on the mood I'm in, I'm in I would either want to watch Charisma or Babes. But it's like, if I'm in the mood for something, like, off the walls crazy, we're going Babes. If I'm in the mood to, like, be in my feels a little, and, like, have a wonderfully, like, directed episode, I would say Charisma. But the other two are great too. I love Saber and I love Patrimonial Burden in their own ways. Yeah, there's so many good ones. Um, yeah. It's, our polls are difficult and we will tell you where to find them in just a bit. Um, we have a new segment that we started this season and it is called, What Did We Learn? I learned two things this episode. I'm um, ready. Oh, but you can go first. What did you are learn? You well, I learned it while we were talking about it. Um, oh. I learned if I'm going to leave someone money, I'm not hey, when you get pregnant. Because that feels like a slippery slope. You were telling me. You were so right. If they're 15 and want the money and they could just go get pregnant. Terrible. I'm just having the age. And even if they have a baby, they're just going to have to wait until they're 21. I think that's fair. That's I think that's thing to do. Very good lesson. Um, I learned I learned that kitty litter can cover the odor of a dead body. So true. Um, I, I don't know how many times I've watched this and, and I know that it's kitty litter and it never like occurred to me, like make a note of that. <laughs> so then I'll learn. In case. <laughs> yeah. And then I also learned that to be a good con man, you should not believe your own hype. 
so true. We learned a lot this episode. It's a very educational episode. Thank you. It's so educational. Uh, if you're joining us and you're watching us live, please let us know in the chat what you learned this week. Please. Oh my gosh. I, I really like this new segment we started of what did you learn? I do too. And I just want to drop a note that it was very funny because last week we talked about Hot House and I learned that if you want to write a plan one night, then you take whatever drugs you took with me, like Adderall, I don't know. Yeah. But I just want to say last week, I did not take drugs, but I did take a nap for three hours and I woke up at midnight and outlined an entire movie. And so the fact that that happened on the same day feels suspicious <laughs> to me, but I just felt like I should share that with you all that I really channeled my inner Sarah Hyland and I didn't murder anyone. I was outlined a movie and it was like drank some tea. But um, I really channeled that and I think this really inspired that. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. Um, yes. Sarah learned to never have Reggie in an undercover operation. I'll that. add, I will add Taylor neither. Nor me. Yeah. Don't invite me or Reggie to that. Let us just hang back. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. So before we tell you where to find the poll real quick, I would like to remind everybody um, that next week is also an old episode. We're going to be doing Mean, um, which is one of my favorites of the classics. Um, I feel like we've done quite a few of Taylor's favorites because I love all episodes, but it's my turn. We're doing one of my favorites. No, Mean is great. I'm not mad about it whatsoever. Um, but I will have the Taylor Swift song stuck in my head all week leading up to this. Oh, good. And I might sing it for you next week if you're lucky. Oh, I'm so excited. Um yeah, so we'll be back with me next week. And then after that is new episodes. Um, so we'll be doing those as well. Please make sure you have liked and subscribed to Fanversation if you have not yet. Or if you're listening to us on podcast version, thank you. Thank you to our audio listeners. I feel like I neglect you all and I'm sorry. Um, I love you. We do, do love you. Uh, Taylor, before you tell us where to find the poll... Um, I want to remind everyone, if you need help, if you are in a situation, if you if you need to talk to someone, please, please reach out to Rain R-A-I-N-N. Again, their number is 1-800-656-4673, 1-800-656-4673. If you're able to, why not donate to them as well? That'd be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, Taylor, where can everyone find you and the poll? Yes, you guys can find me and the poll on my Twitter at alphaba underscore Anne. If you want to catch me on Instagram as well, I am at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. Wonderful. I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L, including Twitch. I will be back on my Twitch channel this week, uh, hopefully, probably, um, trying to figure out how to play video games uh, last week. I believe Daryl was there trying to help me figure out how to play World of Warcraft, and it was miserable. But, um, I mean, miserable for me, probably really amusing for everyone else. I kept dying. Anyway, we will see you um, next week for more Law & Order S Review. Bye, everybody.